Welcome to the Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of the Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Thy Will Be Done as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 13. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Balaam. Evidently, you see, though Balaam insisted and God more or less gave him a tentative, sure, do it, yet it wasn't God's direct will for this guy's life because an angel of the Lord stood in the path with a drawn sword. And that wise little donkey saw the angel, though Balaam didn't, and he turned off the path. And Balaam beat him and got him back on the path. But again, the angel of the Lord stood where there was a cliff and, and the donkey uh, edged up against the side of the cliff and, and got Obalam's ankle and he beat the donkey again and got him going. The third time when the angel stood in the path, there was no place for the donkey to go. He just sat down. And Balaam began to beat him. And the donkey turned around and said, do you think that's right, beating me three times? Haven't I been a faithful donkey ever since you owned me? <laughs> Have I ever done anything to the, like this to you before? Balaam was so angry, he answered the donkey back and said, You bet your life I'd do right to beat you. If I had a stick, I'd kill you. Now, he evidently was insisting that God allow him to go, and God permissively said, Yes, go. And yet, it wasn't the direct will of God. God allows things that are not his direct will. I can, I can force my will. I can force my way. Where God more or less reluctantly says, well, that's what you want. Have at it. But yet it isn't really pleasing to God. Now, whenever these issues are forced, then the consequences are always disastrous. I believe that Hezekiah's time to die had come, and I think he would have been much better off. I know the nation of Israel would have been much better off had Hezekiah died at that time. Those extra 15 years that God allowed him were disastrous. For two years later, he had a son named Manasseh who became the ruler, the king over Judah, when Hezekiah died, and Manasseh was indeed the foulest, rottenest king that ever reigned in Judah. And it was the result of Manasseh's ungodly reign that Judah got on the road downhill from which it was never able to recover. Now, had Hezekiah died when God planned and wanted him to die, then Manasseh would never have been born, and the history for the nation could have been different. Whenever we insist upon our way over God's, you're not getting the best. God's way is always the best, though we may not understand it or see it at the time. God's way is always the best. So it is possible that through our pig-headed bullishness, 
we might be able to get God to consent to something that we desire. But the result is always negative. How much better that we learn to say, Oh God, thy will be done, and to flow in the center of God's will. So Hezekiah prayed, cried. Oh, he really was going at it. Like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. All night long, here he was chattering like a little bird. I mourn like a dove. My eyes fail with looking upward. Oh, Lord, I'm oppressed. Undertake for me. You see, he was really going at it. And, then, and God said, oh, come on. You want 15 years? All right. You know. and the guy's just really you know, going at it. You know, just... God said, ah, shut up. You know, 15 years, go ahead, take it. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me and himself hath done it. I shall go softly all of my years in the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all of these things is the life of my spirit. And so wilt thou recover me to make me to live. For behold, for peace I had great bitterness, but thou hast in love to my soul delivered it from the pit of corruption, for thou hast cast off all my sins behind my back. For the grave cannot praise thee. Death cannot celebrate thee. They that go down into the pit cannot hope for thy truth. The living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The Lord was ready to save me. Therefore will we sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our lives. So this is a song that he wrote during this time. And uh, it's a psalm of Hezekiah. For Isaiah had said, unto, said, Let them take a lump of figs and lay it on as a polis on his boil, and he will recover. So Hezekiah also had said, What is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Now at that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, the king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah. For he heard that he had been sick and that he had recovered. Now, here's another bad thing that came out of his recovery. So uh, the, the king of Babylon sent his son uh, to, with a message of, you know, glad you're well and all. Hezekiah was glad for them, and he showed them the house of his precious things the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious ointment, and the house of his armor and all of his treasures. And there was nothing in his house nor in all of his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then came Isaiah the prophet to King Hezekiah and said unto him, What did these men say to you? And where did they come from? And Hezekiah said, They're come from a far country unto me, even from Babylon. And Isaiah said, what did they see in your house? And Hezekiah answered, All that I have in my house they have seen. There's nothing among my treasures that I did not show them. Then said Isaiah to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days come that all that is in your house and that which your fathers have laid up in store until this day shall be carried to Babylon, and nothing shall be left, 
saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord, which you have spoken. He said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. So it would appear that God's time for Hezekiah had come and that nothing but evil came out of the prolonging of his years, 15 years. And God's time comes to go. Man, let's go. Now, this is the end of what they call part one of the book of Isaiah. 39 chapters comprise the first part, which are more or less equivalent to the 39 chapters of the, or 39 books of the Old Testament. Now the next 27 chapters come into a whole new theme. In fact, it is so different that it has caused some critics to say that there are actually two Isaiahs and that another Isaiah wrote this second part because it is so different in style and all uh, than the first part of Isaiah. But he's talking about a whole new message of God for the people as we get into the new covenant of God. And so it is appropriate that this new section of Isaiah begins with the word of the Lord declaring, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. So the day of God's forgiveness, reconciliation. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now you remember when John the Baptist began his ministry, that many people gathered out to him there at the Jordan River. And the Pharisees came unto John and they said, Who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, Nope. Are you Jeremiah? Nope. Are you the Messiah? Nope. <laughs> then who are you? And he quoted this scripture, I am the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. So he quoted to them this prophecy of Isaiah. And so we are coming into the new age, into the New Testament era, as from this point on, Isaiah really begins to zero in on the coming Messiah. 
The voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be brought down. The crooked will be made straight and the rough places plain. The Lord's going to smooth out things, going to fill in the valleys and bring down the hills. He's going to straighten the crooked paths and smooth things out. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And so God declares the day when his glory will be revealed and all will see it. What a glorious day. And how we anticipate that glorious day of the return of Jesus Christ when every eye shall see him in his glory. That's more or less an introduction to this new section. And now he cries out, declaring the weakness and the frailty of man as it is contrasted with the glory and power of God. The voice said, that is the voice of the Lord to Isaiah, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? Cry, all flesh is grass, and all of the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. Because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it, surely the people is grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So men are as grass. Actually, what is life? James said, it's just like a vapor. It appears for a season and then is gone. It's like the grass of the field, which today is and is tomorrow cast into the oven. Speaking of the brevity of life and the frailty of life, like a flower, it blossoms forth and then it fades away. That's what it's all about. I'm on the fading end. So is life. We're here for a time and then we pass on. But there is something that endures, the word of the Lord. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Oh, the value and the power of the word of God. It is, it's forever. Man, one generation will come and another will go and you've got the changing generations of humanity, but God's word lasting right on through from one generation to the next. O Zion that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work is before him. The coming of our Lord. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. 
Now this is obvious, a reference to Jesus Christ. Behold, Jehovah God will come with a strong hand. His arm will rule. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Jesus said, Behold, I come, and my reward is with me in his messages to the churches. For he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And so Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. And then it declares of the greatness of his power and of his glory, who measured the waters in the hollow of his hand. The great oceans of the earth, the Atlantic, Pacific, Antarctic, Arctic, Indian, measured them in the hollow of his hand. That's a pretty big God. When you fly over the Atlantic or Pacific, and you see all that water that is there, and there it is, he's measured it out. Here, let's create the oceans. Who? How great. But even more, he meted out the heaven with the span. The measurement for the universe. Now, someone came to me this morning and said that he read an article the other day that we have just discovered a galaxy that is 50 billion light years away. Now, I have to question that figure. How do they know it's 50 billion light years away? Could be 49. I mean, when you get that far off, how can you really know? You see, there's a lot of assumptions that have to be made to come up with a figure like that. One of the assumptions is that light always travels at 186,000 miles a second. That may not be a correct assumption. There may be variables that will cause a change of the speed of light that we don't know. Aspects of physics that may be that the speed of light isn't constant. So it's a lot of guesswork. But at any rate, when he told me that he read this article that they found this galaxy 50 billion light years away, I said, wow, God's even bigger, isn't he? Because he measured the thing with his pen. I don't care how big it is. He meted out the heavens with a span. How big is your God? It is so important that our theology be correct because if our theology is not correct, then we're going to have problems all the way along. Knowing God is the most important thing in the world, knowing the truth of God. And God has revealed the truth concerning himself in this book. And God is so great and so vast and so powerful, so awesome, that he measured the waters in the palm of his hand and he meted out the heavens with his span. He comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills 
in a balance. God comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. Have you ever wondered how many grains of sand there might be here upon the earth? You know that they've actually sort of come up with a figure? And you know that the figure that they have come up with is approximately what they figure to be the number of stars in the heaven? Now, it is interesting that when God said to Abraham, even as the stars of the heaven are innumerable and the sands of the sea, so will your descendants be innumerable. But God made a comparison between the stars of the heaven and the sands of the sea, and they believe that it is something like 10 to the 25th power is the number by weighing the earth and the grains of sand and so forth. And they, you know, got the formula by which they came to that. But, you know, who knows, who counted? We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 38 through 40 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and guide your life this week. When those decisions have to be made, may the Lord give you a very strong impression to lead you into his path of righteousness. And may you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May the love of Christ just fill your heart and overflow that lives around you might be touched because of what the Lord has done for you. May you be His witnesses, a testimony to others by the love of Christ that shines forth from you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today has published a New Testament designed for an unbeliever or a new believer, just as much as it is for a Bible teacher. Highlights include Pastor Chuck's commentaries that get right to the point on Scripture passages, words of Christ in red for easy reading, an A through Z topical Scripture index covering over 250 topics relevant to life application, 
and a section that answers frequently asked questions such as, is there evidence of Christ's resurrection? And what's God's will for my life? So if you're looking for a Bible to give to a friend, or if you're a ministry that's been searching for a simple New Testament that does most of the teaching for you, then you'll enjoy the Word for Today New Testament with Pastor Chuck's commentary notes. To order, please call the Word for Today at 800-272-9673. Or to read a preview, visit thewordfortoday.org. 